Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Harry Winks right at the last. Dele Alli. Lamella. To Dombele. Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. And the foul. Shishenko. Son on mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. Absolutely stunning. From the Asian footballer of the year. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Bergwijn. Good for Kane. That's what Harry Kane can do to you. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it. I cannot believe it. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. I'm Ricky Sachs. Ha <laughs> ha, no, I'm not. I'm Richard Cracknell sitting in the hot seat once again. I bet there was all thinking, oh, it's Ricky. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm back, back, back. Uh, never in doubt. Never in doubt, Lee. Never in doubt. <laughs> never in doubt, never mate. In doubt. Honestly, never in doubt. What, what are you doubt. talking about? A football match or you never being back? Doubt. Both of them, mate. Never in doubt <laughs> that you were coming back. And never in doubt that we were going to win that football match tonight. John, Jamie, never in doubt. It's never in doubt. It was never, no, it never, wasn't in doubt. Never Easy. in doubt, mate. Three points Easy. in the bank. Happy days. Easy. All right. Easy. Listen, I haven't even done my introductions, have I? But I was just so, I was so pent up to get never in doubt. Never. <laughs> Joining me, you've already heard, of course, uh, first up uh, via the daily, at daily underscore hotspur for those of you kids that are on the social media it is the one and only Mr. Jamie Brown. Evening, Jamie. Evening, yeah. I hope everyone's doing well. Of course, three points of Spurs, but I think definitely for me, slightly mixed feelings. Um, it was a very disappointing performance, but, you know, it's a, it's a very big win. I mean, I, I did touch on the, uh, in the previous pod that I do think Fulham, they're a side, yes, they're in the bottom three, but I think they're probably a side that will get out eventually. I think they have a lot of quality in their side. But that's not to say, obviously, you look at our team and the, the people we had in, in kind of the lineup tonight, you still feel as there was a lot more quality to go and really beat Fulham. And um, yes, we obviously got the victory and maybe you can argue sometimes you need to win like that. But uh, no, for me tonight, it was, you know, we just got the win, but the performance was slightly underwhelming considering who had on the pitch. But, you know, three points. I think we're just a couple of points off the top four now. So uh, I'm not going to complain too much. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next up, uh, via Lily White, underscore rose again for all you kids out there on myspace and hot tube and uh msn messenger it is mr john wenham evening john hello mate how you doing you well yes very well thank you i'm all good i'm all yeah no i'm, I'm absolutely chuffed you know tonight was uh just about getting the job done 
getting the job done in the end, you know, getting those three points on the board. We won with lovely football on the weekend. You can't always win like that. So tonight went over to Fulham, London Derby. Uh, it's a whole coaching staff full of ex-Tottenham people. You've got Scott Parker there, Matty Wells, Nathan Gardner, Rob Birch. So they know Tottenham players and style inside out. So it was always going to be a tough ask tonight. We saw that in the game that was played in Tottenham, the 1-1 draw. Um, and Fulham have got some good players. I really came away from it, really liking the look of um, Joachim Anderson, the centre-half, mm. who they got on loan from Leon. I'm a little surprised by that because, you know, we were heavily linked with him and I understand Leon paid 25 million. So, you know, maybe someone we should be looking at in the summer, 24, six foot four. Uh, I thought he gave some lovely balls, sort of Toby-style balls from the back. Um, and it was just, you know, important for us to get the three points over the line tonight. So I'm, I'm absolutely delighted, to be honest with you. Um, and it lets our league position look a lot more comfortable looking ahead to the Crystal Palace game at home on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, roll on. Excellent stuff. Now, talking of being six foot four and 24, our next guest is not that. <laughs> I see when I've done All that. like 42, don't know about 24. <laughs> I've played a six foot, I'm about a six foot three, tall, dark and handsome, son. You know what I mean? Our very own Fernando Lorente sat there. Well, there you it go, there course. you go. You could... You called it earlier in the week, mate, and uh, you still to this day have not seen me and the mighty Fernando in the same room, have you, Crackers? No, you have not. No, you haven't. Exactly. Well, the, uh, John and Jamie were via uh, via their, their Twitter handles and via Didcot and Bristol Parkway and Fulham Broadway. He's on the crazy train. It's the one and only Mr. Lee McQueen. <laughs> hey, doing Crackers. Great to have you back. Evening, lads. Evening, listeners. And if you want to do get me on socials, kids, it's no underscores for me. No dots, no underscores. It's just simply at Lee McQueen. Do you get me? So fantastic. And uh, I got the blue book out tonight. Uh, buzzing because th- there was a win that we got tonight, which was literally never in doubt. I mean... All right, jokes aside, let's be br- brutal. We probably should have lost the game, let alone bloody win it. So uh, a b- little bit of luck on our side tonight. And uh, yeah, we've um, the, the table, as John said, and Jamie said, looks a, uh, a lot better now. And uh, we're on the charge. We're on the charge. There's a lot more greens than reds now on the on the Premier League table. So uh, can't, be, uh, can't be bad news, mate. Good stuff. All right. So we started the game. Loris in goal and captain... Doherty, Toby, Sanchez and Davies, Hoiberg and Undembele, and then we, the, the four up front, and there's been all sorts of acronyms and uh, and first letter things going on on on, uh, on social media with uh, S-H-A-G. Am I allowed to say shag on the, on the, on the podcast? Okay, yeah. Is there any okay, best Mike Myers voice, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and shag up pretty much... Bow, uh, Son, Bow, Delhi, and oh man, it was the first time they started. So I'll, I'll start with you, Jamie. Um, Reggie, Reggie missing out that, that lineup, and I think that's what everybody went, Oh, hello, I'm not, not too sure yeah. about that. What would you is that a knock or is that a, just a tactical decision? No, I, I think I think if you look at Aurier and, and Regulon, they've obviously both just come back from injury, so I assume that they're just managing it. But I think you have to say it's quite alarming, kind of the gap in quality between the two sets of fullbacks that we now have. Um, you know, Serge, um, you know, Aurier has really turned the corner this season, and I've actually been really impressed with him on, on a number of occasions. Sergio Regulon, I think you know, needs to say he's obviously been a fantastic signing for us, but. You know, you look at some of the performances tonight from the, the other fullbacks. I thought they were very disappointing. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can really, really tell the difference when when they're not playing, when the Aurier and uh, Regulon aren't playing. So that's obviously a big disappointment. But I assume tonight, obviously, they have just come back from injury. So 
maybe they were just slightly managing them. Um, obviously, we only played a couple of ga- a couple of days ago, so um, you know maybe not rushing them back. But I think the front four was obviously the big talking point. Really, really exciting to see those uh, four starting together. Um, yes, maybe we didn't quite get the quality out of them that we wanted tonight. But again, you know, Dele Alli's just coming back into form. Gareth Bale just coming back into form. And um, again, they're, they're kind of coming back from small injuries and, and getting their fitness back up. So hopefully maybe a couple of weeks time or maybe just a few weeks time, uh, we'll see them firing. But uh, yeah, tonight was a really exciting kind of look to what, what Spurs could finish the season with. Um, very exciting. Excellent stuff. Lee, I'll come to you next. And I know you love your blue book and I don't know if you've got this uh, stat there, but that front four that started for the first time uh, together tonight, somebody had put up earlier 439 goals between them. 439, which is like crazy amounts. And uh, yeah, it, they excite, don't they? they, they it, on paper, it looks, it looks an incredible four. For sure, it does, and uh, yeah, that's an incredible stat. Um, I think you know when when you look at when you look at them starting tonight. I, I thought Delhi was. I thought Delhi played well. I thought he had a lively game. I thought he had some good energy. He was getting into them positions that we know and love him to get into. Uh, unlucky that the goal was uh, kind of an own goal in the end. Um, you know, from, from his perspective, um, it, it looked like to me that Bow had played too many games too inconsistent, uh, like in, to, in consecutively in terms of where his fitness is at. I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. Um, I'm absolutely loving the fact that them four started tonight. Uh, but I just think it's about getting kind of minutes in his legs. You know, it's, the Premier League is a, is a is a different beast, isn't it, to the Europa League? There's, there's no doubt about that. So you could kind of see that. Um, and uh, yeah, delighted, obviously, Son, Son and Kane. Uh, I mean, both should have scored before he had us, to be fair, in the first half. So, you know, we, we, we had some chances, but we, we were woeful tonight. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be like all, you know, negative doom and gloom about it. Because, you know, you can hear in my voice, I'm buzzing, right? Do you know what I mean? Is it, uh, like I said, but nine shots we had in total, only two on target. The own goal obviously doesn't even count because it was an own goal. Um, so we didn't create enough. And when you go when you go away to Fulham, and I said this on the pod last week that they've actually passed the ball, the football, more times than what we have in the whole of the season. Um, so we were, it was going to be a tough game in that in that respect. But with the confidence flowing through us from Burnley, you would have thought that we'd got on the front foot a little bit more, wouldn't you, lads and, and listeners? Yeah. I thought so. Um, I, I thought that at half time, some of the um, some of the guys in the studio on BT Sport, and I, I loved it. I, I love all the commentary and the guys we had Ferdinand and whatever. And they were saying that you know we've done all right and we played quite well. And Steve Sidwell and whatever. And I actually didn't see that in the first half. I thought I thought it was one-one uh, draw at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium waiting to happen. Uh, and I, I wrote that didn't I, lads? On the watch, I said so this really reminds me. Second half, it could have absolutely been that. I mean, two shots on target, forty percent possession. Um, 372 passes compared to their 526. And out of them passes, we were woeful. 72% passing accuracy. So so for me, I, I look at, you know, there's a couple of things in there. So I'm not having a moan, but I just want to, you know, be, be real. We, we've gone to, um, Burnley have come to us. We've battered them, absolutely on the front foot, been superb. And then we've gone to Fulham and just sat back. Not enough. And this this reminded us of the Wolves game, the Fulham game before. Uh, and uh, um, the Crystal Palace game, you know, go one. You know, we look at you. We're all nodding. This is we've seen this before. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to sh- I'm going to call it out right now. That ain't Jose's fault. Jose played 
the front six that everyone was screaming for in terms of the front four, Undembele and Hoiberg. Everyone wanted that. The only player that he didn't pick tonight or the two fullbacks that weren't available to him um, tonight were Reggie and Ore. And there's and, and we pro- if, if we're honest, we probably would have picked all them other players that, that, that he played. Uh, Jason had a shout about Lucas Moore not starting tonight because obviously he's been on great form. So he was unlucky, but I think we, we a lot of us wanted Delhi in. And, and I don't think Jose's gone out there and gone go low block. I, I don't think he has. Uh, I don't think they were low blocking in the first half. We, it was a bit free flowing, but we just, for me, it was a tactical change. And this is what worries me. Scott Parker in the second half, he made a tactical change and bought another body in the centre of midfield. And we didn't react to that. And that's what changed it. I mean, down the right hand, down there, left hand side, our right hand side. I mean, you're you're nodding, right? Doherty. I mean, wh- where are you, man? He's almost coming inside as as a as a third centre back and just leaving acres of space down that left hand side for um uh, for Lookman to go down. So look, I just think that. It, and John, you took the words out of my mouth, and I always think of Jamie when he said, "Get the job done," and it's true. The job is done. We get the three points, um, and we kind of we get on with one. But yeah. I, is disappointing. I'm not saying that we should have gone there and blown them away, but who who wasn't on the edge of their seat tonight? Who? How many now has you got left, listeners? You got any, got any left? <laughs> very, very true. Um, just picking up from that point that Lee's made there, John, and um, maybe there's a little bit of a perception issue here where we turned Wolfsburg over, which you know they're not they're not a great side, Burnley. We did play well, and I thought they was poor. Uh, with Fulham, I, I, do you know what? I think they're in a little bit of a false position, to be honest. I, it's for, for for the lack of a goal scorer there. I think they would be much further up from their play. So, are we maybe being a little bit harsh on Spurs for not absolutely skittling them tonight? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you only have to look at their recent revival. You know, they've had some great results. They had a good result against Liverpool. They obviously drew with us away from home. Um, and they've got some very good players, in my opinion. I mentioned uh, Anderson at the beginning. They've got Ariola in goal. He's a great keeper. They've got Anguiza in the middle. Uh, Lookman. Um, the two fullbacks are very good as well. Uh, they've got Loftus-Cheek in there on loan from Chelsea. So they've got a good core of players, actually, at Fulham. And uh, they, they play nice football. They've had a lot of possession all season. Um, but... Look, they were going to be fighting for their lives tonight. They know that Newcastle are on a very sort of negative downward spiral at the moment. A lot of backroom stuff going on there. Um, and obviously, they've got St. Maxim in, uh, Almiron uh, out for, I think, I believe six weeks, and the striker, Callum Wilson, as well. So, Fulham probably saw this tonight as a massive opportunity to climb out of the bottom three and then build a bit of comfort over Newcastle in the coming weeks, you know? Um, so, they would have been really up for this tonight. And I alluded to earlier the mass Spurs connections they've got across the coaching staff at Fulham. Um, and they would have taken uh, positivity from their result at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So Fulham would have been bang up for it tonight. And for me, it's wrong to think we're just going to go there and expect to roll them over. Um, you know, it's a different game away from home in the Premier League. Everyone knows that. I know there aren't fans this season, but Fulham at home have been you know, pretty decent in recent weeks. And, and they showed that again tonight. I thought they played well. Um, and the other argument I'd say for Spurs is that in another day, we could have been free up at halftime. We're talking about we're hanging on, but actually... Kane had a header that nine times out of ten, he 100% scores. Son had one as well, and he's got a few headers this season. And I also think that was a penalty on, on Kane for the tackle from behind. It was a fantastic through ball by Ndombele. For me, Kane was tripped from behind, and that should have been a penalty, and it would have been 2-0 in a very, very different game. But we did have show our resilience in the end to hang on. Huge credit to Hugo Lloris. He's come out with some criticism in recent weeks from people in our support. 
Um, and once again tonight, he did not let us down. He made some vital saves towards the end. And I really, really liked there was a corner that came in on about the 88th minute and he landed on it and caught it. And whenever we're playing teams and we're desperate for a goal and their keeper does that, I always think to myself, Christ, I'd love our keeper to do this the other way around, you know? So it was really nice to see that tonight. I watched the clock. It wasted about 37 to 40 seconds. And you can say, oh, why are Tottenham wasting time at Fulham? Premier League ain't easy. You go away to Fulham. We played the other night. We played so many more games than Fulham this season. We've been in the Europa League, advancing far in all the cup competitions. So players were looking tired tonight. Delhi came in for only his first start. So his form and fitness levels are low. Same with Bale. You know, I know he's been playing recently, but he needs to build up those fitness levels. Um, on Bele has been in and out of the team with some injuries as well. So for me, we looked tired tonight, but we got the job done. The, full, the rotation of the fullbacks probably needed to happen. With Palace coming on the weekend, we're going to be up against Zaha, Townsend, um, and Ezzy. So we're going to have problems. So maybe they wanted to keep the fresher, more dynamic fullbacks left for that fixture um, against more challenging wing players, which we're going to see on Sunday. So, you know, we sort of got out of jail at the end tonight, but I'm delighted we did. And I'm really pleased. I think it's also just worth pointing out on Fulham, as, as John said as well, they, they've only lost twice in the last 15 games. So they're, they're a side that, as you said, I don't think they belong in the bottom three. And certainly over the last couple of months or so, they have really picked up. So I think it definitely is worth pointing out as well that this is a much improved Fulham side. And as you said, you know, they had been missing a goal scorer. Um, they managed to get one in January in Josh Madger. And um, I think he, he certainly added to their team. So um, I, I think it's definitely worth pointing out that, you know, they are they are a strong side, and especially at home as well. So I'm sure that's worth pointing out. Can I point something out as well? To, to the contrary, they've, they've won four Premier League games all season. So, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're in a good reign of form. They've won four games all season. I mean, not being funny. Um, and, and also, and again, I'm not arguing here about, oh, we should be going to roll them over. I'm just kind of, you know, putting the facts where the facts are. You're right. They are, they look like the informed team. But and when I've done the previous pod, we talked about informed teams. Burnley was one place behind Fulham in the informed table. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's mm. like, pff, they're not that informed. Um, and I think that I'll just pose this question to, to, to you guys and actually to, to you, Craig, if, if I may, if we'd have been on the front foot the whole game, did we win that more than 1-0? It's difficult to know. I mean, I, I, I do agree that um, I don't think Jose Mourinho necessarily set us up to go and kind of part the bus. I, I do agree with that. But then when you look at kind of the quality we have on the pitch, you feel as though we should have more than enough to have that plan to go forward. So I think it also does come back come down to the plan as well. We should have the plan to be able to get the ball off Fulham because that's, I think someone someone pointed out to me on Twitter, we just looked like a side that couldn't get the ball off them. But, you know, there is more than enough quality in that side to do that. So, you know, maybe it does also come down to planning from the manager and having an idea of how to go forward. So well, I think as well, you do have to put some sort of criticism on Jose, not not necessarily that, saying again. Yeah, it's a tactical thing, wasn't it? That, that's what I was saying, Jamie. Like, you know, we, we could see that they he moved another body, right? Scott Parker into midfield. It made a massive difference. Mm. He, opened, he put Lookman on the left-hand side. It's causing all sorts of problems. What did we do to counter that? Now, what did we do to nullify that? This is what everyone talks about, Jose nullifies. But what did we do? to change that, the, the, the momentum of the game, what happened in the second half, it's clear for everybody to see, we dropped off another 10 yards again, we started like, boop, boop, boop. here comes a bus reversing into place, and and, and we put pressure on ourselves, which, you know, and it, it may, and, and to be fair to Fulham, I'm not, I'm not having a go, I'm not saying Fulham are rubbish, by the way, they pressed, they pressed high, they had more energy, and I felt that that was the, the key thing, look, let's not label a point, I, I don't think, but I think at the end of the day, um, we have got out of jail, as John said, you know, got the job done. Um, but it, I'm a little bit disappointed that we couldn't keep up that momentum in 
in not going there and battering them, but going there and having more possession and more passes in them and at least five or six attempts on target would have been a better show. And if we'd have come away 1-0, still, I'd have been a lot happier. I think that's the... Very happy with the result, but the performance... Now we go back into a situation against Palace a little bit on the back foot, don't you? As a fan, and maybe the players don't, but now you start going, oh. And, and I would just want to echo the point you said right at the beginning, Jamie. Oh, my word, how the fullbacks are different. I mean, mm. with Aurier and regular on in that team, it is a very different yeah. proposition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, coming, uh, coming to you, and um, on 17 minutes, you would have had your mortgage on Kane to bury that header, wouldn't you? It was just like, as soon as it come in, left his head, you're thinking, oh, come on, here it is. And uh, it's just a little bit luck out there, wasn't it, with, with, with Kane? And, um, but overall, Kane and Son this evening, I don't know... Are they they're looking a little bit leggy, uh, or do you think Fulham just done a job on them tonight? Yeah, I think it was a mixture of the two. You know, I think it was a mixture. So I think I think as I said earlier, I thought Fulham defensively were very good. Um, but yeah, the players do look tired, and we've got to remember we have played so many extra games in these cup competitions. They are adding up now all these extra fixtures, and the fact that Vinicius basically isn't trusted to deputise in serious games uh, for either of those two players. Um, so it leaves us in a bit of a predicament, but. Look, the games are coming thick and fast. Hopefully the players have tomorrow off. A little light training session Saturday and then we go into it at least this Sunday night for once. Normally these organisers or TV organisers love slotting us into that 12 o'clock on a Sunday or as early as possible, you know. Oh. So for once we're banging the evening, which is good. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a big game. You know, have Palace played tonight? Are they playing this week? I don't know. Have they had a complete free week? Does anyone know? Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to check... Lee, have you got any, any news on I'm that? On blue with, uh, the blue book. Saying the, about, the, the, blue book, the blue book's normally got everything in it. They had a goalless draw with uh, Man United yesterday. It was a nil-nil oh, draw, yes, wasn't it, last night? I'll beat the blue book to it. Jamie had the blue book out. A game so forgettable, but we forgot it. Yeah, it was foggy. I don't even think anyone saw it last night because it was so foggy, wasn't it? Did you see it? It was amazing. I mean, I mean, positively, that probably took quite a lot out of them, both mentally and physically, you know, going against United for 90 minutes, 93 minutes or whatever. So that's probably a good sign. But yeah, moving on to tonight, you know, Kane, as you said, he would always bury that header. And it's just the high standards we've got of him. We expect that going in every time. And that would have killed the game, basically. I always felt at 2-0, uh, Shag was putting everything to bed tonight. But uh, that didn't quite happen. So, you know. Kane will score next Sweet, time. Sweet, sure. look at that. Shag putting that everything joke. to bed. Get in now. I, I, I didn't pie that joke off at all. I just, I just, I was just basking in the glory of it for a minute. <laughs> it was marvellous. Shoehorned in wonderfully. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Jamie, uh, come to you and I'll give you the honours of talking us through Spurs' goal, which looked mm. absolutely fantastic till we found out it was a deflection, which took a little bit of a shine off of it. But the lead-up play to it was was quite sumptuous. And that's what we was hoping to see from that front four, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was really nice build-up play. And that, and that was really pleasing. I think, you know, maybe sometimes we've... There's certainly been question marks over kind of our build-up play. And, um, you know, certainly in that first half against West Ham, I thought we were quite disappointing um, going forward. But... You know, we are starting to show signs that there is there is a real plan there. So I think the build-up play, as you said, it was really nice. Um, and then Deli Ali, I think it was, you know, it was again, it was a typical Deli Ali goal. It was kind of like a nice flick. Um, again, not thinking what he's doing, not overthinking things, and just confidence. So 
Um, that was really nice to kind of see Deli Ali nearly get on the score sheet, but he obviously played a very big part in that goal. Um, and I'm sure we'll see more of him. It's, you know, it's been really, I think that, that for me is all that Deli Ali needs. I think I said it months and months ago on the Love Sports shows that we used to do. For Deli Ali, it was always about confidence and he just needed that big moment. Obviously, he's had a couple of big moments over the last couple of weeks. He obviously that brilliant uh, overhead kick he scored in the Europa League. Um, I think he got a couple of assists as well. Um, so, he, you know, he's getting that confidence back. And again, we saw that tonight with that little flick that he had for the goal. Um, so that's really, really pleasing to see him come back in the form. But yeah, a really nice goal. Um, yeah, obviously just a shame we couldn't kind of follow up on that. But um, yeah, I'm really, really pleased that for Delhi to kind of really be involved in a goal like that. And um, I'm sure over the coming weeks, we'll see more more as Delhi Ali um, as he gets fitter. So yeah, really excited. John, coming round to you, and uh, it, it sounds like that peace is finally breaking out at Camp Spurs between uh, Mourinho and Delhi. Uh, Pre-match, BT done a little interview with uh, Jose Mourinho and uh, spoke about Delhi and him starting tonight. And uh, Mourinho was waxing lyrical about Delhi's attitude in training and how much he's knuckling down and really trying and, and putting it in, which is which is great to hear and, and great to see. And going into these last twelve games, because it's almost like seasons are won and lost in them last 10, 12 games, aren't they? You really, really need to steer the ship. So it, maybe the stars are aligning now and a, a happy camp and a, and a winning camp. But that was good to see and good to hear regarding Delhi. Yeah, delighted actually to have him back in the fold. It was seemed like an insane situation that we were just voluntarily leaving out a player that only 18 months ago was worth 150 million, you know. Um, so hopefully for himself, he's got the momentum now to think to himself, look, I'm a better footballer than Mason Mount, than James Madison. I want to go to the Euros of England. I want to get my place in this Tottenham team and I want to prove that I deserve to go. Uh, that's down to him. Delhi is capable of doing that. He can put in a run now of eight, nine, ten very good games towards the end of the season, hopefully lead us to Cup glory, hopefully lead us to advancing in the Europa League. Um, and he can put himself bang in the shop He's going to the Euros with England because he deserves that. He's the, the ability is there. And if he puts the application, he'll deserve that. So... Yeah, really pleased he's back involved. It gives us a fantastic option. Obviously, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we can ever rely on the Celso being fit or available for selection. I believe now, off the top of my head, that's 21 consecutive matches he's been unavailable for. And I know Mourinho in the press has said yesterday it's going to be two or three more weeks. Um, although he is doing some training at the moment, so I'm not really sure what that's about. But we need Deli Ali. You know, now that Endombele is dropping deeper in this number six role alongside Hoybier or number eight, we need an advanced central attacking midfielder to add goals to our team as well. And, you know, it's a bit unfortunate that the goal will go down as an own goal tonight because it was going in anyway from Delhi and he would have been good for his confidence. But, uh, yeah, I'm delighted he's back involved. Really important player for us. Good stuff. Lee, coming round to you and um, maybe two, three weeks ago, a month ago, um, we was one eye on this cup final coming up. I know we were a little bit going off a tributary off the main river of the show here. But it's worth maybe checking back and having a look at. We was all really, as a fan base, thinking to ourselves, oh, we really have no hope against Man City in this League Cup final. But I'm just beginning to see things now, which makes me think, you know what? It's a one-off game, puncher's chance, a little bit of confidence. So should Spurs fans be a little bit more confident with that Cup final looming? 
Absolutely. And I think if, if with all the stick that Jose has taken from, from us on the panel, from the listeners, from, you know, and all the praise he's given him, well, it's probably 50-50 balance. He wins, he wins finals. That's what he does. That, that's what he's born to do. Is what he's done throughout his career. So I'm not saying Pep don't, by the way, for, for at Lee McQueen and at me going, oh, but Pep does as well. Like, I get that. <laughs> uh, but but that's what Jose has been here to, to do, uh, to bought. Uh, that's what he's been brought in to do, and that's what he does. So we're in the final. We, we, it's a one-off game. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I think so. I think that when I look at the season of a whole, it's such a weird season. I mean, you know, you've got Chelsea Football Club that has spent £230 million in the transfer window, right? They've sacked their manager. Um, what? We, I think there were six points or five points behind Tottenham at the time. They sacked their manager. They've got in Thomas Tuchel. Uh, who's, who hasn't lost a game, right, um, uh, for them since, since he's been uh, since he's been in charge? Um, yet they they sit two points above us in the league, and we've had an absolute woeful last what three, three four, five, six? I don't know what six weeks. Yeah, absolutely yeah. woeful. Like we've been awful. Yet we're two points behind Chelsea. It's cra- it's utterly mental this season. You've got <laughs> Liverpool who steamrolled the crazy train, rolled everybody last year. And yeah, they've lost Van Dyke, and fair enough, and all the centre-back pairings and changes and this, that and the other that they've had to do. They've had their problems for sure, but we're one point behind them. Like, do you know what I mean? I know they've had a bad season or whatever. You look at Leicester, who are flying, everyone's like, yeah, they're amazing. If we win our game now, we're five points off of Leicester, who've got form in blowing it like they did last year. So I just think that there's opti- there should be a little bit more optimism. I mean, looking at the performance tonight, you wouldn't want to play like that against Man City because you'll get absolutely torn a new one like we did a few weeks ago. But I do think that there is a little bit of optimism there for for the one-off game. I think that I've, I think there's a lot of us that fancy ourselves to go to go, if not all the way, certainly to get to the final uh, in the Europa League as well. Um, there's, there's a lot of us that fancy that. And you know, maybe it's more hope than expectation. But like I've always said, it's the hope that kills you uh, and it's the hope that keeps you um, at the end of the day. So you know, I, I think that when you look at the table now, as John said, and you look at the points accumulation, then you said a couple of pods ago, crackers, you know, 42 points up for grabs. Well, we've grabbed six of them. Right, so now there's 36 points up for grabs, but you know we're on a roll. Like you know, we was on 36 with 42 up for grabs. We're now on 42 with 36 up for grabs. You know, next up, Crystal Palace, as Jason always says, next game, next game. I think the key thing for me is the games that we've got around that cup final. That is going to be crucial, and it's the same with Man City. If if we're in the Europa League, whatever it might be at that point, I think it might be the quarters, the second round of the quarterfinals. Like yeah. the second leg, and they've been the second leg of the um of the quarterfinals of the Champions League, or even the semis by that point, because they were round ahead of us. Semis. And they're in it. What are they going to? If you have to prioritize, what are they going to prioritize? Now the thing is with City, they've got such an amazing squad, strength and depth, and all that sort of stuff. We know that, and they're and they're amazing. But it only takes them to be one nil down or, or whatever from the first leg and then the Carabao Cup final against us. They're going to rest players. They're going to not, you know, not be so concentrated because they want to win that Champions League. That's the only trophy that they haven't won. Like they, he's, won he's won the treble, isn't he? He won the domestic treble. He's done you know, the league. He's, he's, he's done the 100 points. He's done everything. Geez, is amazing. But they want that Champions League. And that I, that, I think, may play a part. Do you get what I'm saying, Crackers? That the yeah, fixtures yeah, are coming no. in and around where that is. I mean, for, for, thank, 
Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness that they did move it. I mean, if that was the end of February, we'd, we would have been uh, cup finalists and we'd have all been buying that paraphernalia that the club would keep punting out. Cup, cup finalists, Carabao Cup finalists. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, listen, I'm going to stick up for Tottenham Hotspur here because every club does that. They all make this paraphernalia. They all make key rings and T-shirts and making a final... Yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't see did one in the Champions League final. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do it, but I did not see on social media or anywhere a Champions League finalist mug. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't have one of them. <laughs> I definitely haven't got one of them. Yeah. I definitely... We're talking about clubs. They do love to hit us with that stick, don't they? Oh, look what you're making here. But everyone know, makes it. Why pick yeah. on us? Man- Crackers. I went on Man City's web. I went on Man City's website. I did an interview with Talk Sport, and I saw them going at uh, going at that just before the show started. And uh, quickly went and did a bit of research on Man City's website. They'd been selling final um, final. Yeah. Oh, look, look, never mind finals, boys. West Ham United were knocking out curtains, dishwashers, and microwaves. <laughs> we're nine points above Tottenham. You're only free now, and we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, John Mellon, get it, boss. John's come out swinging. He's like Partridge when he had the turkey on his wrist, didn't he, in the Christmas special. John's, I'm Andy, I'm Andy. John's out swinging. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, listen, we digress. Before we go uh, for our little half-time break, I've got to come to this issue. Now, this is something that, that really sticks in my craw here. And the Kane... Um, the, 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 the Kane foul, uh, supposedly, which got checked and then was no no penalty. So you have to say, taking your Spurs hat off, if that's not a foul, that's then a dive, isn't it? But Kane doesn't get booked. T- tell us how you see that, because like I said, if it's if it's not a foul and not a pen, surely it's a booking for Kane for diving, is it? Is it not? Yeah, the rules require, you know, they're slightly strange, aren't they? Because Obviously, what happens if you just trip over in the box and it's not a foul or it's not a pen, you know? That that can happen sometimes. But for me, that one tonight was actually a stonewall penalty. Kane, lovely ball by Ndombele. Kane is going to take one touch of his left foot and then bang with his right foot, bottom corner, and he's been clipped from behind and he's lost balance and gone over. It's a pen. Uh, I was quite disappointed it wasn't given, actually, especially with VAR having the opportunity to have another look at it in slow motion. To me, it was a penalty tonight, so I'm very disappointed that wasn't given. No, absolutely. And weirdly, now, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but with the replays of that, they showed an angle and I think it quite clearly showed Kane getting courtly. But when they sort of was going back with the VAR um, view of it, I, I take it that is VAR's view that they're showing, but they never showed one of the angles that BT had. They yeah. shot two different angles, which seemed to be from a million miles away. The cameras were all over the place anyway there tonight. Yeah. Um, cameras yeah, were weird, weren't weird. they, tonight? They were weird tonight, weren't yeah. they? It must be because they're building their stand and they couldn't have the camera on that other side or something. It's very strange. Um, was it a stonewaller? Well, I, I absolutely agree with you, Crackers. If it ain't, and VAR have said it's no penalty, he, he has to get booked for diving. because Because... If he's gone down because he's felt sank on his leg, it means he's been touched. If he's been touched and the, the geese ain't got no, nowhere near the ball, which he hadn't, it's a penalty. So what? I, it's very, very difficult. I actually couldn't see on the like you're right on that VAR camera angle whether or not he actually hit his leg or not. 
you, you almost needed to kind of turn the angle a little bit to that right. one side to see to see if there was actual contact. I, I don't think. Look, maybe this is with my Tottenham bias hat on rather than it being off. I don't think Kane dives personally, and I and I don't think he goes down there if he don't get if he don't feel a knock. Didn't fit. It's not like a Mo Salah, is it? That just goes down like he thinks it's going to come. But look, maybe I'm wrong. But you, I think you're spot on. If if you didn't get touched and VAR say no, that weren't a penalty. He has to get booked for diving, doesn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you when you actually look at the, the the replay of it, he Kane's either the greatest diver the game has ever seen because he gets it to the millisecond going over when the leg comes in. Because normally when there's a dive, there's that split second, that tiny millisecond gap of the leg there and the player realising and then taking the, the dive tumble. But, but it doesn't. It was, it was just a bizarre, bizarre call and it just seemed for a bizarre angle as well. But um, no, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm glad everyone sees it as black and white like that. Why, why he hasn't been booked then, I, I, I really don't know. But uh, hey... Crazy old season, crazy training, it Lee. Yeah, absolute crazy train. It is a crazy train of a season. It is, and that's that's the thing. That's what I was saying to you guys before. You know, when you look at the VAR decision, I'm sure we'll get to it on their hand ball. Not being funny, if that's to say, if that goes against your team, you are so so disappointed. I mean, that's why Fulham deserves something tonight. I mean, just look at the VAR decision on. I mean, it, it is it has hit his hand right, but he, he ain't put his hand out anywhere. Uh, just it's so difficult. The rules needs I don't know. I'm not saying that it's not VAR's fault. VAR's just going by the rules. The rules need to be have a, have a look at, mm. or, or we need to understand them more because I thought that was harsh. Absolutely. Okay. Listen, we're going to take a little little break here. Um, don't forget, we're across all the social medias um, on Twitter. Uh, help me out here, chaps. I'm I'm an old man. Social medias uh, is a bit of a thing for me. Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, Facebook, we're on there as well. Instagram, we're on there, mm, kind of on Facebook, yeah, but we're on Instagram. Uh, and Clubhouse as well now, and Clubhouse, get that, Clubhouse. So, uh, yeah, come and come and look us up on social media and uh, across all those uh, those handles. As I say, taking a break, don't go anywhere, we'll be back in the second half. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Welcome back. Last word on Spurs. We've been looking at Fulham nil, Tottenham 1, a game, of course, which was never in doubt, never in doubt, Mr McQueen, was it? Never, never in doubt. Never in doubt, mate. I was ne- not worried <laughs> at all. My fingers are completely intact with nails. All right. So we go in, uh, go in that first half, one nil up, come out second half and we're thinking, OK, yeah, you know, not spectacular, but job done, professional, et cetera, et cetera. Second half, different story, different story. And as we touched on already, the extra body in midfield seemed to make all that difference. But um, what, I'll come to you uh, first, uh, Jamie. And... 
Do you think something said in the dressing room with a change of tactics, or do you think Fulham just came out with another 20%, 30% extra? It just seemed it really was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Yeah, I thought it was really disappointing, kind of the way that we did sit back. Um, you know, maybe was it intentional? I don't think it was, because I think we've seen when we have intentionally sat back, it just hasn't worked. So... Um, you know, maybe there was, as as John said, you know, we, we are starting, to, we have played a huge amount of games, we've played a lot more games than Fulham now, so maybe fatigue is starting to play uh, some sort of part. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you saw that maybe with the likes of Gareth Bale and Daly Alley just coming back from injury, um, obviously played on the weekend as well. So, you know, maybe there was some sort of fatigue in the legs, but it was it was a disappointing performance. You, you do feel as though the quality we had on the pitch, we should have had enough quality to go at Fulham and go again. Um, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it was kind of the um, the plan to sit back. I think it was just that maybe we didn't have the plan of what to do when we got the ball, um, and that was obviously very disappointing. So yeah, very dis very disappointing second half. Um, I thought there were a number of disappointing performances. I mean, Matt Doherty tonight was was a very disappointing uh, player. I thought he had a very poor game, which is a shame. Um, and he's continuing to struggle, but that, you know, there was, he wasn't just him. I mean, there was a number of, of players that weren't quite up to scratch tonight. So um, especially in that second half, but yeah, obviously a very difficult second half for sure. Lee, coming round to you and uh, Fulham knocking at the door, knocking at the door in that second half. And um, my notes here, which makes quite interesting reading 59 minutes in, and I've put excellent from Sanchez and he's shepherded a ball and he's put in a last ditch uh, yep. tackle. And like the Burnley game um, tonight, he was really effective. But then on 61 minutes, thankfully, that Fulham goal disallowed. But Sanchez's body shape with that clearance, the ball's dropped to him and it's like an unexploded bomb to him, wasn't it? He could have taken a touch. He yep. could have got his balance more right, but he just sort of made a weird body-shaped swing at it and, 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 and kept the danger on. He did. And, you know, like, again, I totally agree with that. I thought he was playing right up until them, them points. And then, then there was another uh, bit where he, um, you know, to be fair to him, he cleared it out when Luis was shouting at him. And then and then there's a bit, and I was thinking, oh God, you know, now all of a sudden they're like not having this communication thing going on with each other. But, I think it was indicative of how we played in the second half completely as a team. We dropped back 10, 15 yards. The buses started coming in, as we talked about before. It wasn't a Jose thing. There's no way Jose said to them at half-time, defend this 1-0 lead. He just didn't, he wouldn't and didn't say that. Otherwise, he would have made them changes earlier. He brought Amora and Sissoko for Delhi and Bale because they were fatigued. It was no other reason. It wasn't to like shore it up or anything like that. The, the Sissoko um, substitution for me was because it took him that long to to, to change where I, they put an extra body in midfield. Um, but Doherty, I don't want to... I mean, I'm sorry to like call out players, but he is woeful. I mean, the cross that, that he had in the first half, you know, it was... We had Son, Kane and Bale all in the box, ready for amazing cross from Doherty. He stuck it in Rosehead. I was just so disappointed. All he had to do was float it to the back post. It's a free header. And you just think, what? all right, so you're not in a team to do that. Let's defend him. He, he kept tucking in so tight. And maybe that is a tactical thing, to be fair. But he kept tucking in so tight 
that Lookman just had the whole of the park in front of him. He could just go and do whatever he wanted to do. And it was just bringing and making sure that Bale at the time, and then obviously uh, Mora, was so far deep trying to def- uh, defend that space that, that Doherty was leaving. And I just felt that it felt a little bit lopsided. Do you get what I mean, Crackers and, and, and listeners? I just felt yeah. that... It, it, what it needed in the second half is almost what Bale brought in the West Ham game. That's somebody to get on a ball and have a scruff in the neck and say, lads, come on, let's push on. And I just felt that we've been like that a lot of the time. I actually wrote down in the famous blue book, I actually put a note in when we, when we first started and said, and it's going to sound harsh, right? But Son and Kane, I felt they were distant. I wrote that down, distant, because they weren't poor, but they were distant in the second half. Like they, 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 they almost went missing. And it's kind of like, wh- why? You know, they kept, I, I, I like to see Bow when Bow was on the pitch, I like to see Bow cut in, drop into almost like a number 10 mm. as, as well. He, he didn't do that enough for me tonight. I think Son and Kane were kind of, Kane was dropping back into that space, which was quite in, in, in a number 10 role, which meant Delhi was having to go wider. And, you know, I think Delhi out of the front four, if I'm honest, I thought Delhi played with energy, with, with verve and, and that type of stuff. And I just felt that in the second half, you know, you got Lucas Moore with energy and whatever, you know, but he come on and they ended up defending. I, I just, why lads and listeners as well, obviously, but why couldn't we get the ball back? Like in the second half, why could we not get our foot on the ball and just pass it around? Because I suppose you've got to give Fulham credit, right? They pressed us really hard and they made it difficult for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just couldn't string five passes together, could we? Just could not put... And I, I think you're right. I think there's some credit needs giving to Fulham there. Uh, and uh, a, a little bit of both, I think. I think you're right, Lee. I think we we dropped off in energy and that, and they picked up. And I think it was just a mix of the two but staying with uh, Doherty, Doherty, however you want to potato, potato it John, I'll, I'll come round to you and um, it, that's not the player we bought from Wolves is it? It's just, it, it really isn't. What, what's your take on, on him and what, what do you think's happening? I've been left hugely disappointed. He was one of the signings I really wanted this summer. He ticked all the boxes, you know, he was homegrown Premier League experience Mourinho had gone on record in the Amazon documentary ahead of us playing Wolves as name-checking him as one of their main targets. You know, he said, Doherty, super aggressive player, and he was telling all the players this. And I was so excited when we got him. I thought this guy was going to be a huge upgrade on on Serge Aurier. But actually, he's turned out to be woeful. I don't want to go too harsh on someone that's a current employee of the club that we all love, but he's been so, so disappointing for the money. He's 28 or 29 already. We're not going to see any resale value on him. Um... And he's just not the same player that he was for Wolves. I appreciate they play in a slightly different system, but I don't really get this huge intricacy difference between playing as a right wing back or a right back. You know, if you're a good right back or right wing back, you should really be able to do both, if you ask me. Um, And the fact that it's just a a caveat excuse that, oh, at Wolves, they played in some different system. So that makes up for why he's having to train to do something new at Tottenham. I don't really think that's the same, you know. Um, I've been left hugely disappointed with him. He's been our most underperforming signing of the summer, no doubt about that. And uh, I'd probably look to move him on this summer. I don't see a point in keeping him around. You know, I know some people say, oh, players need time to settle at a new club. Whatever. He's already nearly 29. He's been in the mm. Premier League for multiple years in English football for This isn't a signing like Endon Bele or whoever else who takes time to acclimatise to a new language, new culture, new setup, new club. This is a guy that knows, he'll know a lot of those players already. It couldn't have probably been made any easier for him settling in at Tottenham. 
Um, I understand he shares an agent with Mourinho as well. So there's a lot of things there and it just hasn't worked out at all. It's been been really disappointing and he's actually looks the worst of our four fullbacks, um, three of which, you know, apart from Reginald, I've replaced all of. So it's really disappointing and, and yeah, you know, he just needed to come in tonight. Maybe, as I said earlier, they wanted to rest Aurier ahead of a big ask going up against Zaha or Townsend or Ezio or whoever yeah. it's going to be on the weekend. So that's think- probably what it was. Do you, do you think, John, and, and, and Crackers, Jamie, the, the listeners as well, do you think that it's it's a set, similar situation with Winks, whereby you don't really know what his role is? Like, with Winks, right, we criticise him, whatever, but with Winks, is he a holding midfield? Is he a number eight? Is he a goal scorer? You know, is he any of them things? And everyone will go, no, he ain't any of them things. Is that the same with Doherty? Is he a right back or is he a right wing back? What, what is his job here in the team? Because with Wolves, he had it absolutely nailed on. And he would do darting runs into that box from the right-hand side. He would do one-twos with the winger that would invert in. He would he would score goals. He was powerful in the air. And he's none of them things in this football club. Is it because he's playing as a right-back? And that's what I'm saying. He was tucking in today, almost like a right-sided centre-back. Like, well, we, we used to do something similar with Ben Davis when we had Aurier in the team under Jose's first year. We did that with Davis, didn't we? He tucked in as an extra sort of centre-half. Um, and we were all thinking, well, what's the point of that? And now he's doing it with Doherty. And I, d- I don't see the point of it. And I d- as I said earlier, I don't really buy this thing of, oh, he's a right wing back or right back. It's the same thing to me. You know, do both. You've been playing football now. He's coming up to well, 30. That's what I mean. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, yeah. Do exactly. both. Trying to, yeah. No, I, d- I, d- I do agree with that. I just feel like that there's, I don't know, there's, there's something not right there. You make some brilliant points. The points are... He was, he was really good last year. Yeah, he was really good. I did a and, poll. We love a poll. Look, I did a poll. Do you want to sign Matt Doherty? About 9,000 people were 100% yes. Delighted we got him over yeah. the other targets at the time. Max Aarons, uh, Atowl at Lille, um, some of the other, Zeki Selic, whatever he was called. Loads of right-backs. Really. Everyone wanted Doherty. Proven in the Premier League. Manager liked him. Slot straight in for us. Be our first choice. He's been awful. And when he plays, he's just like a clogger. He looks so average. Like, these humps, humps forward to no one in particular, lose possession. Today, today, he gave the ball away from a throw-in. Like, he literally yeah, just, just he'd done a throw-in yeah. and, and just gave it to the other player. And it was, yeah. it was almost yeah. like, do you know what, Fulham? Have a go if you fancy it. And it's yeah. just like, come on, guys. This is Premier yeah. League. But he does that same sort of hoosh kick every time, doesn't he? Like John Smith's <laughs> advert, whatever it was. You know that big big lad that does the kick in the air? Have it. It's like yeah. that. I'm, I'm bored of it. Yeah. I'm bored of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I, I I think I think Dyer, Doherty, Winks—they all seem to fall into this. Not quite sure what their role is. A bit six out of ten at everything, and I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think we can carry players like that. I, it's just they they suit the bit. Uh, flotsam and jetsam, isn't they? With with their roles and, and what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. The, th- yeah, the thing so is, right. he, he gave he gave their fullback nothing to think about the other way, and and, and nor did Ben Davis today. So when when John, when you were talking about earlier in the season, when Joseph first came and he played, he wanted to play Davis as a whole, like somebody to tuck in and always bomb on. So he didn't. He, two things: one, he didn't trust always as a defender, and two, he wanted to give that cover, so it was like lopsided, like totally that. If he's playing that tonight, then Ben Davis needs to go forward, but he didn't go forward either. Do you know what I mean? So we had two fullbacks today, didn't didn't go forward at all, and it and it changed the pattern of our play. When when the centre backs were picking it up way too deep, by the way, but when our centre backs were picking it up and they're kind of just in front of their 18 yard box and they're looking up, there's nowhere to go. 
because their fullbacks are pushing on ours because ours ain't going past them. Does that make sense? And that, that for me, tactically, was was where we needed to change it or, or mix it up a bit. I, th- I thought again. I thought against Burnley that they, they were such an important uh, part of the win. I think you know the way they managed to get forward and offer an outlet, Regulon and Honoria, was really important for us. Um, I thought you know we just looked so much better. We had more attacking players getting forwards. Um, and obviously we know Regulon and, and, and Sergio Rea, they obviously have that quality going forward. But, you know, tonight there was absolutely none of that. And, and maybe it kind of coincides with a poor performance going forward. So, um, again, it just comes back down to that point. It is, it is very disappointing. Can I, ask, can I ask you guys, you know, what would you do with 30 this summer? Would you look to move him on or would you give him more time? No, absolutely. No, absolutely. I think I think you're right as well. You know, you look at his age. He's not a he's not a long term player that you kind of want to. You know, maybe will he develop? He's 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 a guy who's been in the Premier League for a very long time. So there's not going to be you know will he come good eventually? He you know he should be good now. He should be hitting the ground running. You know, Lee. Obviously, you made all those points in the summer about wanting to bring in Premier League uh, you know, proven players and you hundred percent ground running. So there's no. I, well, I wanted Pereira to be fair. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not, I did, no, yeah. no, I know, but I did think Doherty when when we were linked with him and for the money, thirteen million, whatever. Yeah. I thought that's a that's a decent that is a decent bit of business. That was that. The like you, you said, nine thousand people on a poll, John. Everyone fancied him. Everyone wanted him. Is is it because he's an Arsenal fan and he's just coming to like scupper? Like Joe says, a Chelsea <laughs> fan, really. So he's going to scupper us, really. He That's very he's nearly low block. in at the end, didn't he? In yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal's like you know he he should have scored. To be fair to Doherty, he should have scored that own goal. I was disappointed <laughs> for him that it didn't go in. Couldn't even do that. <laughs> I mean, couldn't even <laughs> stick it in his own net. That was good defending the end. No, I mean, I know. All jokes aside, and I don't want to call players out. Like he wears a shirt, and I and I back him. Up. I just feel for the guy because. You know, when you see him on the training ground, you see some of the pictures down at Hotspur Way, and like he's, he's like doing the basketball and playing. It, and it feels like there's something going on there, like in terms of good camaraderie and stuff. But just it just like a clogger. It's perfect. It's a perfect explanation for him, John. He's a clogger. It's just you don't you don't know what he's going to do. He's just going to well. I mean, to me tonight summed up that cross. I'm thinking all you got to do here, mate, is stick it at the back post, and we are we are going. It's a goal. And he stuck it in Rose Ed, and you just think, my word. And for anyone that's listening that knows me from 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 uh, from my younger years, you know, I used to play football, and they'll be laughing right now. That's exactly the sort of thing that I would have done. Like not being funny, like just getting a good position just goes wayward. And you can't be doing that in the Premier League. No, exactly. Uh, coming round to more positive vibes from tonight's game, um, Lamella coming on. And he was lively, wasn't he, Jamie? He was lively, he had a little trick, and he, I mean, he gave us our only chance of the second half on the 82nd minute when he put Kane through. And, uh, but, but he looked okay tonight. He looks like he's got a little bit something back about yeah. him uh, until his next injury, of course. But he was, he was positive <laughs> tonight. Now, Lamella's, Lamella's often a guy who does come off the bench and, and can have a positive impact. You know, he's been he's done that for a number of years for us. I mean, one that specifically stands out for me was was a, a many years ago against um, Manchester City where he teed up Ericsson for the winner. And, and that's kind of, he does very well with coming off the bench and having some sort of impact. Um, obviously, the, the big problem with Lamella is, is consistency. He's just ne- always, always struggled to kind of get a run of games where he is good. Fortunately for us at the moment, he is on a good run and he does offer something off the bench. But... You know, I, I want to see it consistently. I want him to see it doing it every single game, coming off the bench and making an impact or starting. Um, you know, he's probably maybe merited a starting, a starting, a place in the starting lineup. Maybe you know, you look at kind of who we have. 
maybe you know you could certainly question maybe maybe he doesn't maybe he does but um you know he's on a good run at the moment and uh, yeah he does have he had a pleasing impact off the bench today but uh yeah, I want to see it consistently from Very everyone. much so. It'd be remiss of me not to touch a little bit more on Fulham's uh, disallowed goal. John, I'll, I'll come to you. And that's not a handball, is it, really? In in the spirit of football, I know in, in the new laws, that, that wasn't a handball. And we really have got out of jail there, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have. But I also have no sympathy. You know, I've seen Tottenham suffer multiple times with these sort of inaccuracies and then lo and behold the rule always changes after it directly affects us happened with Newcastle this season where Andy Carroll was shamelessly throwing himself around in the box until he won a penalty basically uh, and they equalised from that and then the rule was suddenly changed uh, happened in the Champions League final right in front of my eyes um, so I've got zero sympathy for other clubs you know shit happens basically uh, move on sorry we don't make the rules Guys, listeners, I'm loving John tonight. He's, uh, he's put some car keys in between his fingers, clenched his fist, and he is out swinging tonight. He is, he's having it. Good for you, John. Jamie, for you, that, that we got away with one there, didn't we? I'll put the same thing to you. That, that, that's, that's not a handball, is it? <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go for a different approach to John. I mean, I, I, I do feel a bit sorry for, for Fulham. And it is, you know, it's disgusting when those sort of decisions go against you. I mean, I think I remember being at a game last year. It was possibly Sheffield United when, you know, Sheffield United, they'd had a big moment. I think they scored... And then you're like, well, then they got disallowed goal for the most, you know, the most, I can't remember the exact decision, but it just feels sickening, it, even, you know, when it is against you. Um, and tonight, that kind of, that decision was just shocking. You know, his arms are right by his side. And that's the problem. I don't, you know, I don't think the fans, you know, none of the fans even know what the, uh, what the handball rule is. I'm sure they've changed it this year, uh, even this season, during the season. So, yeah, shocking, shocking uh, decision. I mean, obviously, it is the right decision according to the laws, but... The laws desperately need to change because it was it should not have been a handball. Uh, BT commentators were saying that there is yet another change apparently uh, scheduled for the uh, the end of the end of the season. And uh, De Bruyne had done an interview as well, and he said, I, "I just don't know what the laws are now. I just don't understand them. I don't know where we are with them." And that's just it's just it's just poor. It's just poor all round. It, it's just it, it kills the vibe. And the spirit of the game. So, uh, but you know, we are where we are. So, listen, before we go and take a uh, break to hear the previews for the upcoming Palace game, you know, I always like to throw a little uh, little question in and get your thoughts uh, from the panel. Uh, and tonight's no exception. Now, I really like the way Fulham played tonight. I like the way Scott Parker gets them playing. I like what they try to do, but a little lack of quality in now to execute what they do. Now, you may see where I'm going here. If you was to maybe give Scott Parker's Spurs players, who undoubtedly are of a better quality than Fulham's, Scott Parker, first Spurs manager since Bill Nick to win the Premier League. What are you saying? I... Oh, ten, the question I put was template Scott Parker's tactics and the way they play with Spurs players. I, th I think he's I think he's a Spurs manager in the making. Lee, I'll start with you. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think John pointed out earlier, didn't he, that uh, not only Scott Parker there, but all of the backroom staff that he's got there all, all know the club really well at Tottenham. Uh, done all of the youth teams and uh, the academy process and all that sort of stuff at Spurs before. He, he won the, did he write, was it the PFA players or the writers player, whichever one it was, he won when he was at Tottenham. Um, and uh, used to love his pirouettes. Used to always do a nice little pirouette, didn't he, in the, in the middle of the park, um, old Scotty Parker. Um, I think he's also. Uh, this is out of the blue books. If this is this is uh, epic, I think he's he's also the, um, the a guy that's played for the most London clubs as well. He's played for like most of them, and he's played for Charlton, he's played for West Ham, he's played for Chelsea, he's played for Spurs, played for Fulham. Um, happy days. So, Tell you what, um, if he if he doesn't if he drops out of management, he could be a London cabbie, couldn't he? He could have he, 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 straight away. He knows every part of London. He's on the tubes. He's on the tubes as well, crackers. You get me. <laughs> Um, so is he is he in the making? I, I mean, I think that you know when you look at the route of Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, you know Mikel Arteta's, you probably look at Scott Park and go, yeah, I, you know, I saw. Um, I don't know if mo- most people hopefully would have seen it from Spurs TV, but Ledley King's interview after the Burnley win, and I, I thought, you know, I just looked at him and thought, wow, imagine if this King become the manager as well our football club it'll be amazing so he's on a path to kind of learning I think Scott's obviously a little bit ahead of him in terms of he's managing the Premier League club already um, but I also think he's a little bit early as well Crackers to be fair so you know for all the stick I've given Mourinho as well and I've given him you know a bit tonight as well with a tactical bit and you know the low, low block stuff I'm still probably not ready to to to, to jump into a, a kind of a, a real fresh unknown manager when we haven't won anything that's the problem if Jose comes in if he wins us some stuff, some nice little shiny bits that we all want. If he does that, then yeah, you know the the change of the guard, so to speak, might be a might be a Scotty Parker. But um, I'd, I'd I'd rather an Nagelsmann, if I'm honest. I'll uh, n- let me just say that this isn't a Mourinho out by a surreptitious. I oh, know I wasn't saying it was. I wasn't saying it was. It's just you asking it's a just question. It's just for yeah. one of those. When Mourinho retires after winning us the Champions League and the league, and you know he decides that I'm going down that route before you start atting me on social media, saying, "Oh, I see what you was doing, Kraken." So, Jamie, for you, Scotty Parker at Spurs. Oh well, look, I think it's one definitely for the future. I would definitely wouldn't consider it now. Um, and again, I look at that Fulham side, and I, I like a lot about. I like a lot of those players in that team. I think they actually have a very good team, and they've obviously had a kind of a problem uh, with turning draws into wins. So he's got a lot to kind of learn in, in management, um, and I'm sure he'll spend you know lots of time maybe at Fulham. I think that's kind of the right club for him at the moment, but. For Spurs, I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe one one day as, as the manager, but I think he's got lots more to prove um, still and, and lots to learn. So maybe in the future, but certainly not now. Okay. Seeing as John's being very boisterous tonight and very, uh, and very upfront, John, I'm going to give you an awful hospital ball question here. I was hoping Ledley Scott King Parker. Or Scotty Parker. Ledley King or Scotty Parker. Oh, it's a tough one. one. I'll tell you why it's a tough one. All the reasons I was going to answer for Scott Parker, actually, is that I've actually had the pleasure of talking to him a couple of times down at Hotspur Way when he was managing the under-18s. All the youth players at Tottenham love Scotty Parker, right? So he's already very much respected and well in with Troy Parrott, Dennis Sturkin, Harvey White, Oliver Skip. He was their manager for a year in probably their most successful season for about 10 years. We, were, we lost one game the whole season and ended up finishing second in the under-18s that year. They loved Scott Parker. 
the players felt a real rapport with him, somebody they could actually look up to. And he only played for the club, you know, five or 10 years ago. You're not talking about some guy that played in an era before their time. They would have known him from the TV as Scott Parker that played for Tottenham and then as their coach in the under 18. So he was very, very highly respected. I know Ledley knows all the boys as well, especially now with the likes of Alfie Devine, Dane Scarlett training with the first team and working with Ledley King. And Ledley King sometimes coaching the younger level. So let's let's sit on the fence and say uh, both of them. Job share. <laughs> great, great answer. Well, you know what? I've I've had the pleasure of sitting in a car to Wales and back with Ledley King when I was doing Legends Nights. And do you know, I always thought Ledley was a very, very quiet, very unassuming person. But getting to know him on sort of eight hours in a car, four hours each way, speaks very well, you know. He's He talks very well. He knows the game really well. And I think there's another one in the making. Definitely Ledley. He's got something about him. He's very, very inspiring to listen to, despite what his public perception might be. I'll tell you what, Rich, though. That eight hours to Wales was nothing for Ledley. Do you remember when he was the club ambassador and every five minutes they were sending him off to Hong Kong and... Singapore and AIA's banquet Easter meeting, he was there and all that sort of stuff. So poor Ledley, I'm, I'm delighted he's got a club, at, a job, you know, working for the club now, only in Enfield, Oxwell Way, instead of going off to South China every five minutes. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, well, listen, there's a couple of options a bit further down the line. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Be interesting to see how their careers pan out, very much so. Listen, we're going to take another little break and bring you some preview stuff for the upcoming Palace game. So give that a listen and we'll be back very soon with the uh, panel's thoughts on the upcoming game this weekend. Tottenham versus Palace. Don't go anywhere. Toby, well done. I, I think that's a definition of a hard-fought win, isn't it? Yeah, I think, of course, you have to be honest and say we have to play better. But at the end, it's a away game in the Premier League, so... Uh, it's never going to be easy. I think today, today we showed character. You know, it's easy to show character when you're 3-0 up. But if you're 1-0 up and then, especially second half when they had just the better of the game, I think we have to dig in and, and get three points and very important three points today. Having said that, we did look dangerous in the first half when we got ourselves ahead and did great chances, didn't we? Yeah, I think if we could, of course, it's always better to, to score a second. But um, I think we... We have to improve in, in when we have the, the ball, but you have to give, give credits to them as well. They have a good, good team, they play good football, uh, but I think we didn't give a lot away. Um, I think, uh, yeah, very hard uh, uh, fight today and, and a good clean sheet. Well, they're, they're five unbeaten coming into the day and fighting for their lives, so you can't underestimate coming here no, and winning. No, no, in the Premier League, every away game is very difficult. And you see they have confidence, they play well. Again, you have to give, give them credit, but I think today we needed the three points. We said it in dressing room as well. No matter what we do, three points, so we did. Successive clean sheets, a couple of wins back-to-back, -back, bit of confidence going. We're playing all right, aren't we? Yeah, yeah I think we, we showed uh, the last two home games that we can play un unbelievable football, and today we show character. You need to have both, to have, to have uh, points in the Premier League to, to get us up in the table, but we have to see game by game, you know. Um, next, a uh, very important home game, yeah. again, a London derby, so uh, we have to be ready for that. Yeah, Palace again, I mean, Sunday, back-to-back -back London derbies. Look, another clean sheet, another win, and we'll be we'll be properly back in business, Toby, won't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we we have to see game by game. I know again, it's a cliche, but um, I think that's the only way we can go up. Uh, and every, everybody's fighting and, and 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 getting their confidence. You know, that's very important. Pierre, well done. A, a real battle out there tonight, but uh, a good one-nil win in the end. Yeah, and sometimes these wins are are the beautiful ones. You know, 
uh, I think the team, especially first half, uh, created a lot of chances and uh, enough to also uh, seal the game. But again, uh, we held against and everybody was working fantastic. The players coming on as well, giving all they had and, and, and I think it was Coco in the end, always, uh, almost uh, uh, giving us, uh, you know, uh, icing, uh, uh, you say, icing on the cake. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, all over a fantastic commitment from the team, and it's something that's really nice to be a part of. You're right. It was a team performance, wasn't it? That's what's got got us over the line tonight. Yeah, and that's over a season what will get you the results, and uh, we showed it again tonight, and. The team hasn't lost any belief and is still focusing uh, on what is the is the main points and 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 credit to everyone uh, to keep doing that and you know it's not hard it's been a tough season in terms of many games in a short time of space but uh, everybody's keeping fit and really pushing uh, pushing to 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 show themselves and to to help the team which is again a great feeling to be a part of looking at the season Pierre, That's, this is game 43 tonight, 26 in the Premier League, you've played them all, all 26, you've played a lot. How are you feeling? Oh, when we win, I'm feeling great, so uh, that's the most important. Listen, I'm here to help the team and I'm here to, to, to do my best for the team. And uh, if I'm needed, I will give my all. And uh, if not, I will give my, my all to the players who, 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 who are in the starting lineup. So. It's fantastic to be a part of. It's fantastic to be a part of a team and a club who's really pushing to to do something great. And uh, I'm here to, like I say, uh, give my best to the team and 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 yeah, chasing the big things. Jose, well done. Very hard fought one 0 win and a, a big win for us tonight. Yes, three important points. Uh, we should, we could, we played enough to to kill the game, especially in the in the first half. We didn't. Then we knew that the second half would be, would always be be hard, uh, but when they had their reaction, their time to react, we were solid, uh, we did okay, and then I believe the three changes, they, 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 they brought uh, the energy and the qualities that the team needed at that time. Uh, Lucas controlling well, uh, Brian, uh, Lamella playing with, with Harris through the middle and, and bringing the ball to zones and also creating and getting fouls to reduce the intensity of the game. Uh, Musa gave us that strength that we needed at that time too. So as a team, the boys, they did well. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a, a, a team performance, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a team, uh, we changed three players. I would like to change 11 because all, all of them, they deserve to, to, to play. I changed three. Um, and I believe that in this moment, the way the squad is, is, is working, uh, the next game I'm going to change other three uh, because we need that as 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 a team and uh, the squad as a squad deserves that too clean sheet big for us as well tonight isn't it yeah very important two two saves but two important saves and uh, good concentration good focus uh, good control of a team that I, I, I want to say that is an attacking team because they, they project so many team so many players in in attacking areas uh, very pleased of course Hi there, this is Mike Wicks from the five-year plan Crystal Palace fanzine, somewhat tentatively looking forward to our game on Sunday. So I could keep this preview extremely brief by saying that Wilfred Zaha is almost certainly out, barring a miraculous recovery from his hamstring injury, which is pretty much all you need to know. 
Because whilst we've actually picked up five points in our last three matches, our attacking threat has been virtually non-existent. Our two goals in the win against Brighton came from our only two touches in their penalty area. So I wouldn't expect that to change on Sunday. In fact, for those of you who are fans of expected goals, we've managed a total of 2.52 xG in the five and a half games since Zaha got injured against Newcastle. And indeed, for those of you who aren't fans of expected goals, we've created very few chances in the five and a half games since Zaha got injured against Newcastle. With or without Zaha, Roy Hodgson always exclusively plays a back four with a very well-drilled, narrow unit ahead of them. For the majority of his tenure, we've lined up in a 4-4-2, but more recently we've played a 4-3-3. Either way, the focus is always on keeping our defensive shape, sitting in what the tactics hitters like to call a low block and picking our moments when to get forward. The problem without Zaha is not just losing his magic, but it also means we're pretty devoid of any pace. So with Zaha out, who will likely play on Sunday? Well, the back four and the keeper are pretty much guaranteed due to form an injury. So in goal, we've got Vicente Guaita, uh, who I'm sure you'll all remember from the reverse fixture, uh, which is pretty indicative of the form he's shown uh, in the last couple of years since he signed for us. Uh, albeit that game uh, back in December was probably his standout performance. Hopefully he doesn't need to make as many tremendous saves uh, on Sunday evening. Uh, fullbacks, we've got uh, two opposites. Um, Joel Ward, a stalwart, uh, very dependable but exciting Premier League fullback um, with, our, with our younger, more dynamic options. Uh, out injured at the moment. And on the other side, we've got Patrick Van Arnholt, uh, who's much more of an attacking threat, um, but uh, causes uh, causes us problems defensively. Uh, but in the middle, it's going to almost certainly be Cheka Kiate uh, and Gary Cahill, uh, who probably need no introduction um, because the rest of our centre-backs are either returning from injury or out-injured themselves. Uh, then further ahead, again, it's probably pretty predictable. Uh, you've got Luka Milivojevic, who's our captain uh, and holding midfielder, who very much splits opinion within the fan base. Uh, he's certainly not the same player since Johan Kabay left, although that's not his fault, of course. And then alongside him, uh, again due to injury, uh, as James McCarthy went off injured um, in the second half against Man United last night, um, in his stead we'll probably have Jairo Riedewald, who's probably the opposite of Luka, and uh, he is a fan's favourite, but not always trusted by Roy. Uh, he's ex-Ajax uh, and a converted centre-back, so he's technically excellent, uh, but sometimes tend to get a little bit lost in the Premier League midfield. Uh, and then sitting alongside them, um, uh, usually uh, these days, just to the left of centre, sometimes drifting out uh, further wide, uh, Eberechi Eze, who's our, our big summer signing from QPR. Uh, and Eze is an absolute gem of a player, just lovely to watch. One of these players that just glides around the pitch. Um, but of course, he's not the finished article. He's still learning his trade. Uh, but on his day, he's definitely our best chance of, of unlocking the Spurs defence. Um, which leaves the, the front three. Again, probably uh, picks itself um, due to the players we have available. On the wings, uh, we've got Andrus Townsend. Um, again, a player you'll be very familiar with, although not the player you may remember. Injuries have deprived him of uh, a huge amount of his pace. Um, although what you might find familiar is that he still loves a speculative shot from range. Uh, and once in a while they go in, which is nice. 
Uh, and you'll probably see Andre uh, Ayew, Andre sorry, not Andre Ayew, uh, his brother, Jordan Ayew, <laughs> um, who's our reigning player of the year. Uh, more shame on me. Um, and he's very much a Roy Hodgson attacker uh, because he works hard, um, lots, of, lots of industry, um, uh, and the occasional guile. Last year, he scored uh, very much our goal of the season, um, not the goal of the season. That went to Song Hyun Min, of course, uh, although we would certainly argue the toss with a very Messi-esque run and finish against West Ham. Um, uh, and then leading the line, again, it's probably going to be Christian Benteke, um, who is certainly no longer a goal scorer if his record is anything uh, to judge by over the last couple of years. But frankly, we're a better team when he plays. Um, because other than those 11, um, the, our, our injury list um, or uh, players still not 100% fit to play after returning from injury deprive us uh, of, of a lot of other options. Players you might see, uh, Jeff Schlupp, uh, who's just come back from a long-term injury. I think he might have been in the Spurs game. I can't quite remember. Um, but he got a few minutes off the bench against Manchester United last night. Uh, and he is one who can provide a bit of pace. Um, so, And he's a personal favourite of mine. So I hope he gets a bit of game time in the second half. Um, and then the alternatives for Benteke up front are Jean-Philippe Mateta, uh, who we've just recently signed in the, in the January window uh, from Mainz. Uh, and he scored uh, his first goal against Brighton, a lovely back heel. Uh, but again, you get the sense that he's not fully trusted by Hodgson or not fully uh, embedded into the into the system, uh, certainly in his, in his off-the-ball work. Um, and another only, Michi Bachuai, who it's just really not not worked out for him at Palace second time round. Um, a, a great finisher, we just don't create many chances. So um, uh, that uh, that asset is uh, is pretty, pretty nullified. Uh, so that's it. Um, in terms of the result, I am going to be optimistic and say a 1-0 win for Spurs, uh, with Son getting the goal in the, in the second half. Hopefully I'm wrong, and it's an end-to-end thriller. We'll see you on Sunday evening. Best of luck with the rest of the season. And we're back. Thank you so much for those previews. So, uh, yes, 42 points, as I said a couple of shows ago. Two of those games gone, six of the points in the bag. Next up, as we said, Tottenham versus Palace, Sunday the 7th, 7.15 kickoff. Oh, we haven't got like 9am on a Sunday morning kickoff. Wonderful, marvellous, 7.15, that'll do. Um, I'll come to you first, Mr McQueen. Uh, this Sunday, what are you saying? Tottenham versus Palace. Another three points in the bag, surely. We're on a roll, aren't we? Do you know what? It all, for me, it, Palace were a completely different proposition if Wilfred Saha plays. Completely different proposition. Um, and when you look at their lineup uh, against Manchester United in, a, in, in, in the fog ridden uh, um, game that they played yesterday and out to a bore, bore, uh, boring nil nil, he didn't play. Um, and he's, he's not even on the bench. So you're looking at that and you're going, well, okay, so you know that may, maybe that's a situation that, that could be good for Spurs. When you look at when you look at their previous game, it was nil nil against Fulham. So they've had two back to back nil nil. So they haven't conceded a goal. Um, and you have a look at uh, Wolf, Big Wolf. Did he play? No, he didn't. So you know from from the two games that that, that Wolf ain't played, they haven't scored any goals. So that, they are a different proposition when Wilfred Zaha plays. Now, you can bet your bottom dollar, 
100% that Wolf is going to start on Sunday. Like, I don't know if we've got any, you know, classic team news. I know that the, the guys um, and uh, and the listeners and stuff probably probably have it as we're recording uh, kind of the night before um, that, that maybe we get some some news out. But you can bet the bottom dollar that Wolf plays. So I think John's right. I think that, you know, the the fullbacks that we've got um, in in our armory in terms of Oreo and, and Regulon will, will kind of um, balance it out a little bit. I think if you look in, if you look at, Crystal Palace at our, at, on our ground. Uh, t- typically, we they're, they're beatable. Typically, we 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 turn them over. Um, and you know, if you look at their league position and what they've actually been doing so far this season, that they're, they're pretty woeful. Um, although, although, having said that, there, there wasn't that many points behind us before uh, before this couple this little mini run that we've put together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I fancy us. Uh, you know, Ezra is uh, Ezzy, Sorry, is a is a very very good player. There's no doubt about that. I know John, you were really keen on him when you get coming to Tottenham. Um, and you know, we know Townsend uh, what he can do. He's got a wand of a left foot still, and got some pace. Wilfred Saha is 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 their best player without without a shadow of a doubt. So, you know, I think they've got something going forward which will trouble us. But again, if we get on the front foot and if we go after them at home, we're beaten. Simple as that. If we play like we did today, I'll be a bit worried. I'll be honest with you, I'll be worried. We have to have our shooting boots on. We have to be clinical and we have to score goals. And if we score if we score early in the first 10, 15 minutes and then go at them again like we did Burnley, we'd beat Crystal Palace, no, no issue at all. So that's, that's, that's really my thoughts on that. I think that, you know, we've got maybe another one eye on the Europa League after that. But this week could be very, very kind to us. Three Premier League games in seven days and we get nine points out of it. Fantastic return and, and we're back. We're back in a mixer of some sorts. Jamie, coming to you and um, we, we, we should be we should be looking to turn Palace over. That, that, should, be a, that should be a gimme, shouldn't it? Given, yeah. given our little upturn as well. Yeah, I, I think just on Zaha, it does look like he probably will be back for that game, which is a bit of a shame. But I mean, look, again, he, you know, he has only just returned. He's been out for quite a while. So maybe he won't be kind of fresh. And again, maybe uh, that might be turned into a meme when he's uh, scored or uh, scored a late equaliser against us. Um, and I look a bit stupid, but um, no, I think it's, it's certainly a game that we have to go and win. I mean, you look at some of their performances recently, you know, they've registered like three shots on top, yeah, goal throughout the whole game. They've surrendered, you know, they've had very little possession in the majority of their games. They haven't been playing very well recently. So for sure, you know, especially at home, um, you know, with the fullbacks, as, as, as Lee said, coming back into the side, Aurea and Regulon, I think that will give us a massive boost. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll see the likes of Bell and Delhi again and, and we should have more than enough quality to go and beat Palace. And yeah, so, I mean, look, no excuses on paper. We've absolutely got to go and win that game. Um, and if we turn up, we'll, we'll get the three points and that would not be huge for us because obviously that's that'll be three wins in a row. Um, and then we're really kind of obviously massive confidence. And then you kind of look at the league table. And we're, we're well back in contention um, with the top four. So, um, yeah, very big game, but one that we certainly should be getting the three points. in. John, uh, fitness, uh, uh, hopefully, given that it will be fit. Son, Kane. Bell and Delhi again to start, as I say, as long as they're fit, which I was trying to say and made a right mess of. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, th- I think Kane and Son will certainly start. The other two, it depends how they've come through playing a lot of football in the last couple of weeks, including the Europa League game. So we'll just be seeing how they are. Um, if they're not, then, you know, Lucas, Lamella, Bergwijn, one of these guys can, can come into the lineup. So 
Um, it'll be a tough game against Palace, don't get me wrong. They always sort of... Boy, I don't know, it's a funny one, Palace, because, look, they don't sit back. Palace will attack us, and that's why we normally do quite well against them. It's attack against attack. We've got better attacking players overall than Palace have got, hence why we normally win. We've also got a pretty good record down at Sellers Park. I know we had the 1-1 this year, but before that, we'd won five years in a row over there. Um, unfortunately, last time out, it was Gaeta, wasn't it, who pulled off a whole load of saves and you know did his best Gordon Banks impression for the afternoon. So hopefully he he's not Tim doing that. Crawl. Yeah, Everyone has a Tim Crawl against us. Exactly. And, and the other one who always pops up with goals against us isn't actually Zaha. And from memory, I don't think he's ever scored against us, or maybe only once. And I've seen us at Palace multiple times. It's actually Jeffrey Schluck who always pops in these goals. Yes. And uh, he'll be one yes. to look out for again. You know, he, he see, I don't really know, know what position he plays. He seems to be a complete utility man. Um, and wherever he so, plays, sounds he, like a Doherty and a Winks type situation. Oh, exactly, where I'd, he plays. Swap I'd swap him one day. <laughs> I'd swap both. Um, yeah. Um, and they're a funny team, Palace. I mean, the forwards have got are quite depressing as well. Ben Teke, uh, Batshuayi. I don't really rate either of those guys. So, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. But we'll, we'll beat Palace. I'm quite confident about that. I think we've got better attacking players at home, fresh fullbacks, and I'm confident of another win. I and mean, look, we need it to be another win because the week after, North London derby time. We need points in the bag now so we can go into that not under the pressure of potentially that mob overtaking us or anything awful like that. Well, that's, yes, that, that for me is why I was disappointed with the performance tonight because I wanted to bring that momentum, you know, to go and get a couple of goals, you know, get some, uh, not, not go and batter them, but even by, like I said, winning 1-0 tonight, fine. But, you know, have a go, get some good shots and block, get the keeper tested, make him have a worldie, the old um, Areola. Um, do you know what I mean? And but but that didn't happen. So now we're going into the Palace game a little bit more tentative. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Now, when, when when you look at the the head to heads with uh, against Crystal Palace, and and actually, John, you make a really good point. Zaha doesn't score that many against us or, or, or at all. But it's a dynamic that he brings to the team that enables them to do other stuff. He worries people. Like you can imagine, like Sissoko giving away a silly free kick against Zaha, or Oria. No offense, because it was him that gave it. <laughs> Away the last time and they got a one-one draw that Jeffrey Slot scored, right? You know what I mean? So you can see the panicking of, of Davidson Sanchez thinking, Oh my oh my goodness, you know, um Wilf Saha is gonna run at me. So I think it's that that he brings to the yeah. dynamic of the team, and, and that's the that's the key difference. But 13 total wins uh, against uh, against Palace, uh, and they've only had three. Uh, total wins in 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 the uh, in the uh, when we go match head to head and there's been a couple of draws actually but previous to that four nil at home two nil at home we should we should have enough and you know even talking about this long is a you know is is a worry in itself we should be beating Crystal Palace at home not even a problem but but I think the key words that you said there Jamie earlier is if we turn up we've got to turn up you got to turn up put go on the front foot and have a go. Because if Gareth Bale on uh, if if Gareth Bale turns up like he did the other day against Burnley, still out of Palace, no no issue. I, th- I think this is the worry for me. I mean, I mean, you know, a couple of months ago when we used to kind of have these performances, and then we'd say, yeah, look, brilliant, we got the job done, we got the win or whatever, and then you know, we, and then we went on that run of where we kind of you know we we really struggled when we were sitting back, and um, it it just doesn't work. So hopefully, um, you know, we do go and play on the front foot on on the weekend for sure. I mean, we definitely need to see that. A quick once round of score predictions. Anybody want to put their head in the block? I'm going. I'm going two nil Spurs. Actually, a good two nil win. John, I'm going to go two one, and it's going to be as as Lee said. Actually, it's going to be Zaha running at disco dizzy Dave 
and he'll commit a foul and it'll be a penalty or something. So, yeah, he's been getting a bit of too much praise from me after one good performance against Burnley without Wood and Barnes. So let's see on that. Jamie, coming to you. Uh, I'm just going to, I think I'm going for, yeah, I, th- I definitely can kind of see something to say. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Spurs. I'm confident we'll get the win. I think we should have more than that. Excellent. And Mr McQueen? Well, you look at the last couple of results and they haven't conceded uh, against Manchester United and Fulham. Um, and, you know, we've just praised Fulham tonight and ke- Crystal Palace kept a clean sheet. Manchester United are having a good season. Um, so, you know, it, I think it will be tougher than what, what um, than, than maybe you know, we're going to turn them over 4-0 like a Burnley. But, you know, that said, Burnley defended well before uh, before coming to us and we batted them 4-0. So I'm actually going to go for a comfortable, free, same as Jamie, but it'd be comfortable. 3-1, Tottenham Hotspur victory. And, and in seven-day period, that's played free, one free. Crazy trains back on the rails, baby. And we are teed up for that North London derby, which, again, two weeks ago, I was mega worried about. If we get a win against Palace, I'm going in there confident. Yeah, boy, as the kids say... Listen to this then. I've, as I said, I'm going 2-0. Davison, Davison Sanchez and Doherty to score. All right. I'm going to have to pair. I'm going to say Doherty plays again and they both score. All right. And I'm right. not even. I've only kids, had tea. Kids, get your piggy banks out now and get your pennies out and put a pound on that <laughs> happening. Because I tell you what, if Doherty even plays, you'll be getting your money back. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to play him and he's going to score and we're going to be waxing lyrical about his performance. (laughs) Anyway, enough nonsense from me. Uh, Listen, thank you so, so much for downloading and listening. Uh, Apologies we didn't get round to any of your questions this evening, but we went straight to record after the final whistle. But as always... We do appreciate you all reaching out to us and giving us your thoughts either via at last word on Spurs or personally on our uh, on our Instas and, and Twitters and, and, and every, everywhere. So, uh, yeah, please keep me up. Always love to uh, read what you've got to say. It's all good stuff. Jamie, John, Lee, thank you so much. Wonderful panel this evening. Thank you for making my caretaker role uh, a pleasure to do as as always. So uh, listen. Brilliant as always, again. crackers, mate. Brilliant as always. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Keep safe, keep well, and as always, get on that train and come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>